0: a code red for humanity, curb emissions and dramatically reduce consumption or face a world that is fundamentally different.
1: Changes in ice sheets, deep ocean temperature, they are irreversible and will continue for generations to come. This is the very last moment we really have in which we can actually hope to stem some of these disasters. It is unequivocal that human activities are responsible for climate change.
0: If unprecedented changes are not made and made soon, there will be irreversible damage to the planet. Zero Carbon East tall. Hello and welcome to Zero Easter Series 3, The Sky's the Limit. I'm Ian Collins and this is the fastest growing environmental podcast on the planet. The programme that gets to the very heart of those issues that our political classes seem reluctant to take as seriously as they should do. Today is a bit of a monumental day for a couple of reasons. Not least, it's the moment when we see our energy prices take the biggest hike we've seen in our lifetimes to discuss this and more. The man... Who always has his magnet on the meter of the news <laughs> agenda when it comes to green issues? He's the green entrepreneur and environmentalist Dale Vince. I knew you'd like that, Dale. Morning,
1: does, morning. Does it even work? The magnet <laughs> on the meter.
0: Yeah. I know people used to talk about that, didn't they? Is it that did. a thing? Did that yeah. ever happen?
1: I'm not sure that it does work. I think it's non-ferrous metal in that bit that spins around on a yeah. meter. <laughs> That's
0: an interesting <laughs> thought, though, isn't it? I'm sure there were many people around the country back in the 70s giving that one a go.
1: Um,
0: so, listen, here we are. I mean, it, it, we'll come back to the energy prices and all that goes with it in a few moments. But there is you know, some really big news here as well today about your good self.
1: Yeah, I, I was—I nearly said bigger news, but that might be—that uh, might be wrong of me to say that. But for me, it's bigger news. I've—I've I've announced today that I'm stepping away from EcoTrusdy. I'm looking for a new owner for the company. What? Yeah.
0: Sorry, they—they got very excited at the back there when you said that. Uh, so you're what? stepping back. That means you're what selling up and moving on.
1: Yeah, there's some other stuff that I want to do. It's a kind of mixed bag of uh, factors, really. I mean, primarily, we've been doing this for 25 years. Uh, we were the only company in the world selling green electricity back in the mid-90s when we started. Yeah. And today, every company in the world practically sells green electricity. It's become a proper mainstream global industry. And that makes me feel that there's a relative lack of impact that I can have by spending more time here. And at the same time, Ecotricity has nearly 3,000 megawatts of new green generating projects in its development pipeline that needs about £2 billion to be spent on it to to bring them into being. And we don't have that money. And I think that EcoTrisdy can actually do more now without me with a new owner. I'm looking for somebody that's got my commitment to green energy and deeper pockets that can take EcoTrisdy on. And I think I can do more in a new frontier.
0: That is interesting, isn't it? That uh, the, So, there, there's a criteria involved then in your sale. It won't be a case of you're just legging it for the hills and are going to lay in a hammock in Barbados for the next 20 years, <laughs> or nice as that might be. But it, it's so this is about as much, it's not about the, what you sell it for in terms of amount, it's about who you sell it to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We've never been driven by uh, the making of money. Uh, you know, that doesn't factor into our decision making. We do the things, think of the right things to do. And I'm blessed to have built ecotricity and to be solely responsible for it and the decision making. So I get to choose everything. And in this case, I get to choose who the new owner will be. And yeah, my criteria would be a little bit like the electric highway, you know, we, we started that 10 years ago to kickstart the green uh, electric car revolution in Britain. And, um, yep. you know, last year we found that it had gone mainstream and we didn't have the cash to keep up with the investment needed for it to play its proper part. And so we went and found an owner that had our commitment and some, I would say, in grid serve. Mm-hmm. And deeper pockets, and they've done fantastic things with it in well, barely yeah. a year that they've owned it now. And so that taught me something as well that sometimes you can achieve more by letting go. And that's one of the factors in my thinking.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that, isn't it? Because you've you've done something that no one else really on the planet has has had previously done. Uh, and now we have all of those energy companies trying to showcase their green credentials. There's a lot of washing going on there, as we've talked about many times. But I mean, in terms of having a a specific focus on an environmentally considerate energy company. Nobody was doing this.
1: No, green electricity just wasn't available in the world. You just couldn't make that choice. And then later we brought green gas to Britain as well. And, And that's still a really important frontier. We're building our first gas mill right now to make gas from grass. And I'm hoping that a new owner of Ecotricity will pick up the green gas program. But if they don't, then I will keep that and keep driving it.
0: Gotcha. Uh, in terms of, I mean, we'll talk about where you go next in a few moments' time. But uh, are there companies? I mean, you don't have to name them, obviously, but companies you have in mind that you would trust to to take up the 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 baton, as it were.
1: I haven't really thought about it in that way. Uh, KPMG are running the process for us. They're well-versed in the, the players, the people that are looking to move into and buy companies in the green energy sector. And it seems there's 60 or 70 of them straight off the bat. And they range from pension funds to venture capitalists to energy companies to car companies, funnily enough. yeah. yeah who see this opportunity, because for the first time in in their history, they're able to actually sell fuel as well as cars to electric car drivers, if they become an energy company, which is really interesting. Um, so we'll just see, we'll see who comes knocking on the door. And uh, and I'll check out their credentials if and when they do. It's
0: interesting, isn't it? Because if this was a decade ago, then the green elements of this discussion would, would not have had quite such a it wouldn't resonate in the same way now to many companies, a company looking around and seeing what they can buy into or or purchase for, for their business model going forward. That would be seen as almost key to, to expansion.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we're seeing a, a massive pivot uh, in the world of finance towards green energy. I mean, I read that something like 800 billion had been Uh, invested in listed green energy stocks since the start of the ukraine war you know these big money men uh you know they can see the writing on the wall of fossil fuels and um you know this is the way the world is moving and has to move but it has to move faster and this is what's really behind my decision i think here in britain Uh, we're lacking, well, probably in the rest of the world as well, we're lacking politicians that get it and the policies that can make it happen faster. You know, we've got Mm -hmm. the technology. When I began 25 years ago, the technology was early days, you know, but it's here, it's mature, reliable, the the economics are on our side, the people are on our side. um, And obviously, we have the existential need to, to avoid the worst of the climate crisis. What we don't have are politicians and policies that get it. In fact, what we do have are politicians and policies that are holding us back, that are making it harder to make this transition than it needs to be.
0: Well, that brings us to the next point, of course, because we need politicians that are going to take this kind of stuff seriously. And that, well, that might be you in your next role.
1: Yeah, that's right. I think this, uh, this would be my, my new frontier. I don't know in what shape or form, but the election that I can see coming is one or two years away. I think is the most important of my lifetime of the lifetime of all of us that are alive today actually and those that are not yet alive because we're halfway through that vital last decade the un said we had to avoid the worst of the climate crisis and keep temperature rises globally to one and a half degrees we're halfway through it and we've wasted it we've thrown it away spaffed it up the wall on a johnson government (laughs)
0: so <laughs> Johnson government, yeah, doesn't get more damning than that, really, does it? So <laughs> it begs the obvious question, Dale, as to what do you do then? Do you stand as a member of Parliament? Do you uh, somehow find a way of highlighting your politics in another way? Obviously, we do the podcast. I think this is probably going to be even more crucial going forward as well. But in, in terms of being an actual politician, how, how do you see that manifesting?
1: Yeah, what i want to do is get involved and standing as a member of parliament is a is a clear option i haven't decided that i want to do that or really that it would be the best way to be involved and that's what i'll be thinking about now uh ahead of the next election how to best be involved you know i've done a lot of media stuff and i do talk politics in effect because uh you know the energy world is is all about politics and so is the zero carbon world yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I could do more of that. Uh, there, there are all kinds of things I might be able to do. Standing is an obvious one, but I've not decided uh, that I want to do that. And and I definitely don't want to be a politician. Um, you know, I mean, this being a politician is synonymous with never answering a question, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it, yeah.
1: With being self-interested. Um, and um, I don't want to be like that.
0: We're not going to hear the words. And the new Conservative MP for Bristol is Dale <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that would be some kind of fever dream to wake up from, wouldn't you it? You
0: could, yeah, it would, wouldn't it? Yeah, so you, but you could fight from within, them, couldn't you? You know, you'd be actually there around the cabinet table, uh,
1: yeah. I mean, but this is the important point, really. Uh, you know, the people in politics today they run the country, and you know, they are a bunch of some of them are just a bunch of liars and incompetents, aren't they? You know, but they hold the reins of power and they're, they're doing yeah. great harm to our country. You know, they're people that have no have no background in the real world you know and their interest in politics is all is all vanity and self-interest sure and and we let them run the bloody country you know i mean that's incredible to me and and i used to think politics would be a real waste of time 25 years ago i decided to use business as a tool to bring change for renewable energy right now i'm thinking the missing piece of the jigsaw because we've got the technology the economics Mm. the people we've got everything but we don't have the policies
0: So when you say you don't want to be a politician, do you mean you don't want to be a politician in the conventional sense or you don't want to be an MP?
1: Yes, the first one of those, that conventional sense of a person that never answers a question. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: there's I mean, plenty God, of those shysters yeah. around. I, I interview them on a daily basis. Uh, it's the modern I say way. I interview, I ask questions <laughs> that don't get answered. Yeah, yeah uh, it's, a,
1: it's the modern way, isn't it? And, and it's done such a disservice to politics yeah. as well, you know, because people see that. They don't like that. that so. they, uh, they roll their eyes. It's, it's another politician not answering a question.
0: And the worst part about it is that, you know, I'll I'll interview a backbencher every now and again on a specific issue that they have a, a, a an interest or um, uh an expert. I interviewed a conservative MP this week about dyslexia, he's dyslexic and he's dyspraxic. And it was a absolutely fascinating interview, really, really good. And I thought this guy is amazing, but he's nowhere around a cabinet table, which, which I thought, isn't that fascinating? That all those the, the good ones. Never seem to make it to, to the top jobs where they would have, you know, you might think, you know, the doctor on the back benches or the engineer or the person that knows a lot about energy would be straight away invited to, to join the cabinet, whichever party is it. But that doesn't seem to happen.
1: It doesn't, does it? I mean, I think it tells you a lot as well that, as you say, those people that are qualified in life, experienced in life at something specific, they aren't the, uh, you know, the leaders of a particular yeah. department. You know, I mean, who did we have leading the education department recently, a fireplace salesman, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, the other day we had this curious situation where you had an uh, MP called Tom Tugenhart, who sees a Conservative MP, a Kent MP, seems to be a really good bloke, interviewing a select committee, Liz Truss, the Foreign Secretary, and it was quite clear that he knew about a billion times more <laughs> about foreign policy than she did. Yeah. And I looked, looked at this and I thought, hang on, why isn't he the foreign secretary? Because he knows more than she does. That it doesn't make any sense. But we, uh, perhaps he didn't go to the right school. I don't know what it was. But it, we, we, we hear these moments and we see these moments and we scratch our heads. And maybe that's why it doesn't need pol- different political thinkers in, in Parliament. So that system needs to change as well.
1: Yeah, I think the system does need to change, actually. uh, But uh, that's a bigger job. Right now, my focus is on changing policies to get us to net zero pronto. And, uh, you know, that's a big enough job, but a, a, a doable one within the current system, I reckon.
0: We've um, we've got some questions. A lot of them centre around your announcement today, um, it, b- both in the sense of Ecotricity and your your next step, etc. Because this uh, press release went out just after midnight last night, so uh, the word is out that you're on the move, Dale Charlotte, and loads of others. Says, is this an April fall?
1: <laughs> Uh Yeah, no. I mean, yes, but no. No, it's not. Is what I mean to say. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm already getting in some practice to be a politician here. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not equivocating. Um, we, we put it out on April 1st for a bit of fun, but it was around about the time that it needed to go out. We've been working on this project for a few weeks uh, internally, and we needed to put it out there to get ahead of any potential leaks and stuff and get on the front foot. And when I uh, when I looked at it uh, about 10 days ago, uh, I chose this Friday knowing it was April the 1st. I just thought it would be a bit of fun actually to, to do it on the same day. I overlooked the fact that it was price cap rise day as well. So we've got kind of you know, a lot happening in the news today.
0: Uh, Ruby on Facebook, which party are you going to stand for, Dale, or will you go independent?
1: I wouldn't go independent. I'm pretty sure of that. I wouldn't want to split a vote anywhere. I think there are two parties in our country that can form a government. And the most important thing is we have a government that gets this green stuff and does something about it.
0: Yeah, and I assume you're talking about the Labour Party or the Green Party.
1: (laughs) That's right. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Interestingly, the Greens... Have had success in some respects. I mean, certainly in, in local council elections and the like. But I mean, in terms of parliament, we've we've still only got one Green MP, and that's been the case for years.
1: Yeah, that's right. But yeah, I don't know what to say about that. Let me I mean uh, that
0: may that may change.
1: It it may change, you know, but we haven't got a lot of time. And, you know, seriously and realistically, our first past the post system means there are two parties that can form a government.
0: Yeah, that's true. And
1: And the vote on the left of politics is split among several parties and the vote on the right isn't, which is a fundamental challenge, I think, that we face. Because, you know, it it seems to me on the right of politics, there's still scepticism about the climate crisis and resistance to renewable energy and a dedication to fossil fuels and nuclear power and fracking. We've seen that come out in the last week or so. Yeah. Uh, which you know doesn't make any sense to me and i do wonder if it's kind of like uh, you know psychological makeup you know that uh, the, the two go together in a venn diagram you've got an overlap you know of of kind of right-wing politics and uh, and a dedication to uh, fossil fuels and bad things.
0: Yeah, I I think the word, I was thinking about this earlier when I hear MP, yeah, I need fracking. We need more (laughs) fracking going on. I think if it wasn't called fracking, they wouldn't give a shit. I think they they quite like the onomatopoeic nature of the work. It sounds a bit hard, doesn't it? So yes, see some fracking, because that's the answer to all of our questions. Fracking, they seem to love, they can't get the word out fast enough.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think you're onto something there, actually, because- There's uh, a psychology to it. There is because renewable energy is too pleasant, it's too nice, you know, it's, yeah, too, yeah. it's too friendly um, and mild, you know. And it's not the high tech, super expensive nuclear power or fracking, as you say, and and you know, fossil fuels and drilling for oil, and yeah, and you know, it's, it's none of that. It's not drill,
0: that's another drill, man, drill, that's <laughs> another one, is it? Dr- yeah. Fracking, drill, drill, uh, they love that. I love it. Let's yeah. get fracking. What do you want to do about the energy crisis? Frack. That's, that's the word that comes back every time. Yeah. Um, and it's often said by people who really know nothing about what fracking is, yeah. uh, but they seem to be fairly enamored with the, then, with the terminology.
1: They know nothing about the energy market either. You know, you've got them popping up saying this is the answer to the current energy crisis to high prices. But blimey, 50% of our gas comes from the North Sea right now, and it hasn't saved us a single penny in this crisis. It doesn't matter yeah. how much fossil fuels we make here in Britain. That's not the answer to the problem. And in any event, it's kicking the can down the road, but not very far. We've got eight years left in the North Sea. And yep. fracking, if it was running today, would run out in eight years' time. We've got to move to renewable energy eventually. We might as well do it now.
0: Uh, this from Phil. Does the mean the end of zero carbonista i hope not
1: yeah i don't think it will no i may, i think um you know probably just means uh, a new chapter i was thinking yeah. as you did your intro i was thinking that the title for our next season of zero carbonista might be you know new frontiers or something like that yeah, yeah. i
0: like that it's interesting isn't it because we both said this dale that uh this is kind of a bit of a highlight of the week, isn't it? <laughs> because yeah. we, we, we've had a crap week. It's like, well, at least we have got the podcast <laughs> at the end of the week because we always have fun, and it's always, you know, we get great questions from the people that listen to this, and there's great support for it as well.
1: Yeah, it's like that. We get the sound off, have a laugh, and as you say, you know, engage with people. We've got great support, and uh, it yeah. feels it feels worthwhile.
0: This from Bob in R. broth fracking he says and ignore that one uh dan on facebook says how does it feel to be doing this it's a good point i mean your life your your story as it were Dale, has been full of curious evolutions you are the unlikely entrepreneur and all the rest of it the accidental businessman as you were once described and i guess this is the next well the new frontier the next chapter
1: yeah it is you know and i think it's It's super logical, the way I look at it, in terms of uh, where we are now, where EcoTuesday is, where the country is, and the world in terms of zero carbon, renewable energy, that kind of stuff, and and the difference that I can make. And that's what I'm here for, to make a difference. So for me, it's all super logical. I've been thinking about it for a couple of years. The pandemic got in the way. The the energy crisis didn't help, Um, but it feels good, you know, because... I've been doing this a long time and, and arguably maybe a little bit too long. I think I could have much more impact to somewhere else doing some other things. So I just feel good that I've I've finally got it together to I'm in a place where I can do that, you know, and um, gone public with the story and stuff. It just feels good.
0: A final one from Monica on Twitter. Uh, oddly, this was one of the first things that went through my mind when I thought about you becoming a, a member of parliament. Will you have to wear a suit in parliament?
1: Good question. Funny question. Uh, up until a few years ago, because I've been thinking about this on and off for a while, there was a requirement that you had to wear a tie. And I said to, yeah, yeah. to myself, oh, blimey, you know, more of this uh, football boardroom dress code hassle. You know, if I were to do that, I'd have to have a battle over wearing a tie in the House of Commons. But that's changed. You don't yeah. have to wear a tie now. Whether it allowed ripped jeans and T-shirts and trainers, I don't know. Got
0: but- a feeling that, that that might not be uh, <laughs> been given the green light. But actually, I think you could rock a good suit, to be honest. When was the last time you wore a suit?
1: It's got to be in the 90s, I reckon. Seriously? So it's that long ago? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, actually, I wore some some kind of Japanese suit in 2004 to collect my OBE. <laughs>
0: there you go. So you, did, you put it on for the right occasion. Uh, you see, I think when people...
1: Uh, no tie, though. There wasn't a tie.
0: Anyway. No, no, you can't do the tie. But I, I think that when... Uh, the people that look best in suits are the people that you least expect to look best in suits.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably right. I can yeah. see that. Yeah.
0: When, I, when I think of, I don't know, something like David Bowie and the way he reinvented himself through fashion and music all the time, mm. you know, every now and again, he'd just rock up in a suit on something. You think, wow, he looks absolutely amazing. <laughs> um, and, you know, whereas the people that wear them all the time, you don't necessarily notice. So yeah,
1: I'll
0: look forward to that. I'll see you on Savile Row. I'll come with you for the fitting, Dale, and everything.
1: Oh, ah, okay. Nice one. Thank you.
0: Look forward Uh, to it. (laughs) I (laughs) think. That's right. Yeah, we'll get get a dozen done. We'll get a batch. (laughs) Fantastic. That's it for this episode. Um, Amazing news, Dale. What a week.
1: Quite a day, really, what we're being able to first on the price cap and all this nonsense going on as well. But yeah, here we go. Let's uh, start something new.
0: Dale, we'll speak to you in a week's time. Pleasure. That is it for this episode. Don't forget, of course, you can follow this podcast. Get each new episode automatically. Leave a review there as well. And do follow Dale on social media, twitter.com. Slash Dale Facebook.com, Slash Dale Zero Carbon East
1: Off.